No, your hands up, Mark. Yeah, get your phone out, your hand. Get off Facebook dating. Facebook dating. Shiting it. <laughs> Chasing 40-year-old mums. Come to daddy. Again, it's time for Fresh on the Heels. We're on episode nine. We've got a full house back in action. Jay, how you doing, man? I'm all right. I'm back. Yeah, you look, looking a bit tired. Yeah, I'm fucked. But <laughs> apologize for my, um, my um, absence last time. Um, failed, failed the wellness policy, but I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Let's <laughs> get like you pushed back. Like all great champions being pushed down our throat, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, that familiar voice as well is Quinns. How you doing, bro? I'm good, thank you, man. It's good to be back. Yeah, definitely. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening so far. You would have noticed last week an episode didn't drop. Uh, that is because of things going back to normal, uh, work recommencing for most of us, just a bit of a hectic schedule. So what we're going to try and do, we did put it out on the socials as well, but we're just going to try and come to you at least twice a month if we can. And, and maybe not focus specifically on a breakdown of every single show beat for beat. We're going to be looking at maybe more sort of broader stories, uh, looking back as well, because we, we do have fond memories of like growing up with wrestling. Um, and just trying to do some more fun shit, really, for you guys who listen. So, yeah, thanks for, for sticking with us so far. And we will still be with you. It'll just be more like the doll now every two weeks rather than <laughs> weekly like Raw. Some pretty... Big stuff has happened since we were last on. I know that me and you covered WrestleMania and stand then the Liverquin. Yep. Obviously, with Mania now in like the rear window, we do sometimes see some debuts, some exciting things happen. It's been a bit opposite though, hasn't it, with WWE? It seems to be, if anything, uh, no real debuts at all. And actually, the the big story that we'll come on to in a bit is, is obviously losing a lot of talent from all the cuts. So... Yeah. I'll speak to you first, bro, with regards to the post-mania, uh, obviously the Raw after Mania and, and everything that's happened since. Has, any, has anything got you excited? Does it, does it seem like a weird one for you? No, no. I think I think we've mentioned this before, and I think it was obvious that given the state that it's in, like we're in that, they were allowed fans back for the first time, but only in an open-air stadium. They weren't going to get them back. They were going back to sort of like the Thunderdome era on the uh, return shows or the, the, the night after show, sorry. Therefore, we didn't see anything. Yeah, so I didn't realise that, uh, probably a bit stupidly, I thought with Mania having the fans back, I thought that was like the return of fans going forward. So it's just because it was open air, they could get away with that, was it? Yeah, I think I think SummerSlam is the next one that they're planning to have fans in. I think we're going to get another fan, a few fanless pay-per-views. Okay. Uh, leading up to it, yeah. And that probably explains then, Jay, why they've maybe held back on debuts because you want that crowd reaction right yeah yeah definitely I think it, it was more about just returns rather than debuts like Viking Raiders and Charlotte and then I think that was it pretty much as far as I'm aware mm. new commentary team which isn't that exciting but that's about it talk to me about this thing because I have not seen a lot of Raw or Smackdown uh, who's gone obviously I know we're coming on to the cuts in a bit but who's gone off the table who's in now and is it on both shows so I think Raw is now the new guy, I can't remember his name. The next ESPN announcer, right? Like right, also oh, like baseball and stuff like that. Yeah, so he's he's like a he's a sports commentator. Like he's yeah. from quite high up from ESPN, I believe. So he just sounds like another Tom Phillips, like just meh. So Tom yeah. Phillips is off. Tom, I don't know if he's doing anything now. So Raw is this new guy, Byron Saxton and Corey Graves. Which is a which is a bold move. I think Raw could like I loved him on SmackDown. I love Corey Graves as an announcer, but Raw Raw was missing it, wasn't it? Yeah, Raw, yeah, it was a bit. I mean, Samoa Joe was good to be fair, so they did need to fill that void. Um, and Graves is the best announcer they've got probably. And then SmackDown is Michael Cole and Pat McAfee. Oh, of course, yeah, Pat McAfee. That'd be interesting to see what happens with him. I still feel like he felt a bit green to me. It's probably just nerves on the first show and stuff. He's charismatic though, so you know it's good to have a, a, a an actual voice on there, not just a mm. a very overproduced, you know, Tom Phillips. Yeah, so I think like that's what Pat McAfee kind of gives me that vibe, and I feel like we probably haven't seen the end of his in ring career either. 
Yeah, I, I'm all for a uh, commentator who could be put into storylines like occasionally, like you know, like Michael Cole. Oh, uh, yeah, the coal mine. <laughs> uh, it's good that he's with Cole because Cole's their most experienced, definitely. And uh, whilst he isn't, uh, he's not proved it recently, though, has he? He hasn't, and he's maybe slipping down a little bit in terms of his overall quality. I don't know if that's due to the, the constraints of not having fans or whatnot and things being a bit weird, but I hope that Cole doesn't sort of overly stifle McAfee because you, you want them to argue a bit but not to the detriment of the match and that's yeah. what I wanted to say about Raw as well is that I, I don't mind Corey Graves but him and Saxton just fucking bicker throughout the entirety of the show to the point where you kind of forget what's going on in the ring Yeah, uh, I don't mind Saxton like he's kind of he's a bit like bland but he's alright there it's just a, a cheeky little comment every now and again but when him and Saxton are kind of Sorry, him and Graves are like back and forth at each other like all the time. It just, it really takes away from the in-ring. Was that not the same dynamic when before SmackDown moved to Fox and the both shows had three? Yeah, they were, they've been together, haven't they, before? It's always through, they've always had it through history, haven't they? They always have a heel commentator. Like yeah. King was always the heel and JR was the face. And I think they probably wanted, they, they're trying to recreate that kind of partnership with by doing that thing with Saxton and Graves, but I just, like you say, it's just a bit, it doesn't sound natural kind of thing, you know what I mean? It's obviously, you know, a bit overworked, like you say. Yeah, they all try and uh, rib on Saxton, don't they? I know at uh, Mania when King came out to do that fucking cage match uh, and he called him BS because they were his initials. And it's like, that's hilarious, King, but fucking Braun Strowman's in this match who has the same initials. (laughs) <laughs> the commentary on both shows is a bit frustrated, but hopefully that now McAfee's on SmackDown. That's the better of the two shows, obviously, isn't it? If we're looking at Raw and SmackDown solely there. SmackDown's always been the uh bit slightly left alone, not doesn't feel as overproduced as much as they both are. But yeah. Oh, I bet I bet Corey Graves is fuming as well, because not only has he been taken off the same show, the, the better show, he's been taken off the same show as his partner. So I think that probably doesn't bode well for that. Like they always found that they try and keep cu- real life couples together. And every now and again, they throw in a, uh, a spanner in the works, don't they? But I'm just thinking, I'm sure Vince does it on purpose. <laughs> for now, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because it's all in the same building. But, you know, yeah, in however many months when it's back to going, you know, on the road, we'll see if it changes back. They'll probably change it again or they'll move her. We'll probably do a superstar shakeup. Soon, so oh, yeah, just before Survivor Series, where they have to pretend to care what brand they're on. <laughs> so, yeah, we were talking earlier about Samoa Joe as well, so that leads us on nicely to the cuts uh, that have unfortunately come about. So, uh, a multitude of people got let go, big names, uh, obviously, included Samoa Joe, Mickey James, Chelsea Green. You can argue whether they're big names in terms of household names, but I think if you're following the wrestling the way that we have been for the last like few years, people like Bo Dallas as well, uh, even Tucker to an extent, it was on TV a lot for most of 2018-19. In terms of Mickey James, she's had a hell of a career with WWE and maybe there wasn't a lot they could do with her. So like a release like that, I understand. I think it's crazy. Apparently she got sent a severance package in like, a bin bag or something. She got sent. She got sent her ring gear back in a bin bag. Yeah, yeah. like her belongings got, got yeah. mailed to her. And a yeah, trash bag. And a bin bag. My employee was sacked. Whoever whoever did that apparently. Yeah. yeah, there's there's quite a funny tweet that's just stemmed around today from uh, Enzo saying this is disgusting. But the question I want to know is how the hell did you get uh, get around getting your stuff back? Because nobody sent me anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it's just a bit odd to me that, like you say, that Mickey James is a prime example. They just inducted Molly Holly into the Hall of Fame and everyone's talking about how great of a worker she is and like how many of these young women who now wrestle like idolise her. And Mickey James is someone that they could have easily kept on, on the books at the PC, getting all these like young women that they're signing constantly through NXT like to a standard that they need them to be. Chelsea Green only recently been moved to the main roster, nothing been done with her. And then a day after the release, NXT announced a signing of five or six new recruits. Oh, really? 
Yeah, and and it's like introduce the usual introduce you to the production uh, to the performance center, and I, and I do struggle with it sometimes. So I thought this about the release last year with some of the names they let go, and whether it does boil down to money, because what what do they offer him to come in? Because I know Chelsea Green had a really successful career in Lucha Underground, and she was one of the longest reigning women's divas champions in Impact. She's been injured twice, unfortunately, not no fault of her own, but she's probably still has a really sort of um, big career in front of her. Uh, yeah, you could probably say the same about Joe. Massively about, and the things Joe's done in the past. Again, yeah, he's been injured. He's been injured a few times, but he built TNA. Yeah, the, the whole Chelsea Green thing. I don't, I don't. I don't she's not, she's only just thirty. Like she's, I don't know why they've done that. And the Iconics as well. Got really of course, oh, of yeah. course, yeah. Billy Kane and Voice. They were the best thing in the women's division for a long time when they, when they were together. I don't know why they split them up. Maybe not the best workers at times, but genuinely actually entertaining and not annoying. The only tag team as well, really, the only uh, sort of logical tag team, the, the rest of them, just just individuals. I think, that, I think the icon, the Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, I think that those were two. Billy Kay's really good, I think, like in terms of personality. I'm sure they'll both go to um, AEW, without a doubt. So Joe being the biggest, probably, uh, as I say, probably the biggest free agent now on the market, uh, you mentioned that he built TNA, uh, and it's maybe not as straightforward anymore to ask, but because of the relationship they've got now with AEW, do you think Joe will go to TNA and and do some cross-promotional stuff? Do you think he'll maybe go to Japan? Where do you reckon next might be for Joe, Joe? Oh, I don't know. I think he could smash it in AEW, but I think he'll probably go... Mm. Well, they've got the crossover, haven't they, between the two anyway, so I'd love to see him show up in AEW. Mm. Someone's going to snap him up. If, unless he's, you know, unless he generally isn't going to get back in the ring now, maybe he's had too many concussions or something, I don't really know, but I mean, we'll see him somewhere doing something, I'm sure. Yeah. I think it's a tough time to join AEW, personally. For what reason? Because I think they've got... I, I think their main goal is not becoming WWE, regardless of what they offer and that sort of stuff. And I think if they keep doing this, they're going to find themselves in a very like WCW position where their talent is going to be so saturated and so thinly spread, uh, or widely spread, sorry, that they won't know what to do with them. So like, they've just signed the likes of Christian, let's say. He's openly admitted he isn't gonna. He doesn't want to be the superstar that jumps right into the title race. So slow build that. You've got Miro, formerly known as Rusev, who's recently come out to talk about his wants to be uh, or challenge for a title, whichever one that may be. So if you mm-hmm. take on the likes of Joe, you're gonna left with all these people. Like Miro hasn't had the best start, and he deserved a great run in any promotion so i think maybe if you put someone like that like joe like maybe in the likes of impact or the indies for a bit and let them sort of like build the momentum again before you chuck them straight into this rival promotion i don't know that's my opinion but no it's a fair point i think it's it's interesting as well because for me as soon as it comes out like if i'm tony card i'm like ringing joe and and getting him signed i think you don't even have to really build up much momentum for Joe. If you announce that he's going to be debuting and if you just have him tear through the roster, uh, it's interesting about Rusev as well, Miro, that you mentioned, because they've brought him in uh, off a lot of red-hot sort of uh, fandom for him. He's got a good cult following in, in wrestling. A lot of people think highly of him. And he's kind of really like lukewarm now, hasn't he, with them? And he's not not really hit the ground running the way he should. But maybe that's just good long-term booking. Or it comes into that he's not been given the strongest angle. So maybe, like, you're right. Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll give him something soon that makes him pop. But True. And if you win the belt in your first month, like, where do you go from there? Like, we've just spoken about Cena and Charlotte. You, you know, you, you can go to the end point too soon with some people, can't you? So maybe it's a, it's a slower build. Yeah, we've spoken about this in the past. And we've spoken about, like, people that have skipped the steps and go straight to main event in. And they either forever main event or we never see him again. Yeah. So you have like your Brock Lesnar's who went straight to main event and that's all he'll ever do. Or you have the people that are trying to shove down our throat as main eventers, like your, uh, what's the Russian guy that they tried to push against Triple H for a while? And Kozlov. Kozlov and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like they didn't do anything in between 
and push right up and you, you never seen him again. So, yeah, a bit of a weird, weird post-mania season, I think it's fair to say. We were speaking before we came on record as well about the next pay-per-view, uh, WrestleMania, Backlash, which, Jay, I don't know about you. I mean, I used to quite enjoy Backlash. Uh, I think of the infamous set that was the swinging axes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, really cool. Uh, and this just feels like it's going to be almost like when they do these super house shows in different countries. It just feels like it's WrestleMania for people who didn't get to see it the first time round. You got much excitement for this one? Do you think you'd be tuning in live or? No, I don't, I don't really need to see. I mean, I don't need to see Lashley and Drew again. I don't know what other matches are scheduled yet, but I'm presuming it's just going to be the same card again. Um, I'm guessing we're going to get Reigns and Brian. Well, no, that's on SmackDown. That's that's that SmackDown oh, coming. Yeah. yeah, so it's oh, yeah, the, uh, it that's an interesting angle that because I, I I like I like not to not to sort of cut you both off there. So I apologise, but I I like to see that the fact that um, I know we keep saying this about Cesaro that like you've resigned for us, so here's your win. Like here's your thank you for resigning, but. It keeps stretching that little extra further, like that. Little, like he got his win over Rollins, buzzing, and he he was in a really cool segment with Reigns. Yeah, he didn't get the match; he gave it to Brian. But so talk to me there because I have not seen a lot since Mania. What's happened with them three? So I think we won't see Edge for a while. I imagine his contract kind of obliges him to certain pay per views and lets him kind of disappear for yeah. the throwaways a little bit. So we had a segment on SmackDown just gone where Cesaro kind of came out and challenged Reigns, essentially. Well, he got in the ring, didn't he? And as he was going to get the microphone, Reigns just walked out as in almost like, don't you waste my time, like. Okay. And then he, what, he ignored Cesaro and challenged Brian again, didn't he? So well, Bri- Brian came out, didn't he? And, and like super hyped up Cesaro. Yeah. Brian put Cesaro over massively. And then he kind of said, like he challenged, Cesaro challenged Reigns and Reigns said, I offer the matches. I don't get challenged for them. And I'm offering you to you, Brian, in, which is weird for a SmackDown main event in a title V career match. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, if, if, if Brian loses, he has to leave SmackDown, basically, doesn't he? Right. Oh, it's not, not the company. No, it's not- no. It's, it's if he loses, Reigns doesn't want to see him on SmackDown again. Okay. Right. Okay. But I, I'd quite like them to keep doing this Cesaro thing because I, I liked the fact that Reigns just kind of doesn't even look at him and doesn't acknowledge him. And I'd like them to keep doing, stretch it out and Cesaro can keep coming out, trying to challenge Reigns and Reigns just says, no, you instead. You Like he's kind of, like he's almost worried about Cesaro. Mm. could drag this out until SummerSlam or not Cesaro have a big moment and, you know, maybe have a run with a title, but I don't know if they will do that because things get good and then they get dropped. So mm. it depends when Vince gets bored of him again, which he's been, he goes all hot and cold on him for the past nine years, obviously, doesn't he? I think, I think that was my point. I think it's really nice that him getting his win over Rollins wasn't the end of it. Yeah, I've always been a massive fan of Cesaro. And he's, you know, even when he was, when we had a, a match with John Cena years ago, when Cena was doing the open challenges, mm. about 30 minutes on a raw, and it was so good. And you got loads of praise for that. And then, I think they tried to give him a bit of a rub then and then the Paul Andre, the giant win and then being a Paul Heyman guy and then he was he was great with Tyson Kidd. He's, he always gets put into tag teams, doesn't he? But yeah. now they've kind of been like, oh, actually, he doesn't need to be in a tag team because he's shit hot, which we knew anyway. And the fact that he's not the biggest promo guy, it doesn't really matter because he just he's over because of how good a worker he is. I, th- I think that's probably been his one stumbling block and Vince is obviously massive on that promo side of things, isn't he? If you can't cut a, a decent promo in the ring, obviously he's Swiss. Like it's, it's not kind of like through any fault of his own. He's, he's got great English, uh, but he doesn't always connect uh, every kind of like major line that he needs to. But like you said, he's organically got over just by being superb in the ring. Uh, and I know he, his name gets mentioned now enough every other episode, but there's a certain guy who we bring up every now and again who... Is it Al Snow? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm talking Benoit, man. He wasn't a great promo either, but he just organically got over by being one of the best wrestlers in the ring. Elsewhere, there's been 
some good stuff on NXT. When I know you're keen to talk about it. Yeah, so I think like the rebuttal we got from Cal O'Reilly, like his reappearance and his talk about what's next for him. Obviously, we haven't seen Adam Cole yet. I think obviously we we all discussed that we thought he would be coming up soon. Mm. I don't know if there. Is, I think there is an expected return for him for NXT to him to sort of just clear what he's got to do next. But what we've had from Kyle O'Reilly is that the Adam Cole thing he's done and dead. And like we've mentioned in previous pods, that he's got the rest of NXT to face. So I think he's now got himself set on some gold. So he had like a couple of interactions with Karrion Cross, in which uh, Scarlett Bordeaux had told him that he wasn't ready and he couldn't have, you know, nowhere near him. And that obviously brings out Balor because Balor's obviously wants his rematch. Um, okay. So everyone's kind of still in the picture then because like, we were a bit worried, weren't we, when we spoke about it last time around that uh, maybe Finn might be off for a little bit. We didn't know how Kyle O'Reilly's career would progress. Uh, it's good that they're kind of cracking on with that. Do you think O'Reilly will go for that top belt or do you think he'll maybe look at the North American? He's, he has obviously like been red hot, hasn't he, for the last few months? I think the the smart move going forward is that they're, they're probably going to build him to be like the next big baby face, I think. I know there has been randomly... I don't understand the Thatcher thing. You know, like the whole Imperium Thatcher thing because the last NXT I watched um, Champa and Thatcher have challenged MSK oh right yeah they've kind of jumped back into being this little pally pally tag team again um, just like a, a bit of a throwaway backstage thing wasn't it with them too yeah it was a bit it was quite strange but they kind of sat there together and and uh, Champa kind of made it out that that was his that was his next interest oh, I don't, um, I don't think Champa in a tag team doesn't need to be unless it's DIY I don't want to see him in a tag team. Unless it's DIY. <laughs> Fucking DIY. Come on, boys. Could do it. Um, yeah, then we had a weird, again, like, romantic angle between Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell. She... They've been running that for weeks, haven't they? Like, Yeah. Yeah, she... she He got... he She distracted him. LA Knight beat Dexter Loomis. And then he hit her or something, like, knocked her down. And then when Dexter Loomis went to, like, save her the way he carried her out. So they're still going down that angle, I think, with Gargano against Dexter Loomis. Yeah, they had that big uh, big intergender match, didn't they, to main event. It was the way versus um, Bronson, Reed, Dexter Loomis, and remind me, Ember Moon and Shotzi, was it? That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Which was nice to see, like a bit of a, a bit of a mad eight to have in your main event, like the night after you or the show after your biggest pay-per-view. But again, it was good just to see something a bit different. I think Gargano backstage said that we're the best four-person intergender team in wrestling, which made me laugh because <laughs> it's like, surely they're the only one. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. And we spoke as well briefly before about Roderick Strong. So he looked to have quit Jay and then maybe potentially re-signed. Do you know much about this? Yeah, I don't. I, I feel like, well, Regal... Said he was sure, didn't he? And he said, yeah. So he hasn't re-signed, as far as I'm aware. So what does that mean? Does that mean he's going up? Or is he just going to go away for a while and, and then actually be like, oh, no, he, is, he has re-signed? Or, yeah, or make like a, like a, make sort of like a surprising return. Yeah. That could be I, don't, I, I don't want him to go up as much as, you know, it could, because, I mean, he's a great worker. I just think he'd be lost in the shuffle if he, got, if he went up to Raw or SmackDown. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to say up. I'm going to say laterally. across. Across, yeah. It's not. It's, it's a demotion, if anything. Down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's such a shame because there's there's about probably eight or nine guys I can think of up on the main roster that I'd love to see Roddy fight. Oh yeah, I mean, he's very much like a Cesaro. He's a great worker. He just he's not a promo guy. Yeah. Um, I don't think I don't think he'd be a very Vince guy, unfortunately. No, he'd uh, yeah. You could see you could see. Um, Roddy in a sort of uh, ill put together tag team, couldn't you, for a few months? Uh, probably with Cesaro. They'd just be fighting Ricochet on main event every week, isn't it? <laughs> R.I.P. Ricochet. <laughs> well, release him, please. Mm, yeah. Just for his career. Let him go back to anywhere but WWE. Oh, Alistair Black's also coming back, isn't it? There was a promo for Alistair Black. There was, yeah. The vignette, like a backstage thing we had some weird Mrs. Doubtfire glasses on <laughs> a big big fan of Alistair Black no massive but again another wasted talent mm. 
I mean, WWE is infamous for its vignettes that go absolutely <laughs> nowhere. So it, we can sit here now because he's played one vignette of Alistair Black and his return, and we can sit there and get well excited about it. But we'll ask again in three weeks. Like, <laughs> you're remember- talking like that you're not still interested to know who the SmackDown hacker actually is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same person who's the anonymous Raw General Manager. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Retribution to debut. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they lost the masks, didn't we? That's a big talking point. Well, uh, yeah, and they've been and they've been split in half. Good. So, so Shane Thorne and my um, have been moved to SmackDown. So, how long until Shane Thorne's future endeavoured? It's what was it? Was it? It's Dijakovic. Oh my Is god! It? <laughs> That's Dijakovic. <laughs> When they took Mace's mask off, it was just like dead air for a few seconds. <laughs> like, Paxton's like, well, I was a commentary with that guy, but I'm not going to say <laughs> I'm not going to sit here during a pandemic and wish anyone loses the job, but how the fuck they've let Samoa Joe go and kept Shane Thorne is beyond me. <laughs> Dick slapping, ball tackle or whatever. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're firmly on Raw. They're our next tag champs, I'm telling you. Okay, so let's move on to some other companies then. All of the business, AOB. AOB. AEW, I think we'll start with first. Um, and then we'll move on to the probably the bigger story, I think, with TNA on the back of their pay-per-view. Who's been keeping up to date with the All Elite lot? Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's it's quite been a steady few weeks. There's like nothing massively to report. Um, there's been some really hot open challenges for the TNT title. Darby Allen's been putting on some great matches um, against the likes of Matt Hardy. Um, he's got number 10. I can't remember what he's actually goes by um, from the Dark Order. Ne- next week, he had one of Team Taz. He's had Scorpio Sky. And um, Jungle Boy as well, right? And Jungle Boy, yeah. And Jungle Boy was last week. Um, so like, that's kind of like a... It is quite a common mid-card title thing to do that, isn't it? To have like a, a challenge every week. And, yeah. And and the last two, Matt Hardy and Jungle Boy, I could have easily seen him drop two because I know that the, the AW were massively interested in pushing Jungle Boy. I don't think uh, Jurassic Express will be long, will be around forever. Mm. I think that's a big push to get Jungle Boy up there. Again, Christian Cage has been putting on some like 30 minute matches, like. You know, see that he's like happy to work up those ranks, like we said earlier. He doesn't expect a title shot straight away. Doesn't mean he won't get one eventually. And then we're seeing this build up to the first ever one match pay-per-view, Blood and Guts, which is going to be the Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle. Is it in like a... um... War game style. It's very, very. It's going to be very similar to a war game setup. I don't know if it's going to be two rings, but I know that what they've uh, Tony Khan came out recently and said that is they're going to try and do a one match pay per view. Is Mike Tyson involved in all of this? He's a special enforcer, oh. I believe. That'll be interesting. Uh, well, so yeah, because Mike Tyson was meant to have a thing with the Inner Circle back before the pandemic, wasn't he? He was. He openly admitted that he was signed on to have coming in and have a bit of a rivalry with Chris Jericho. Yeah. So, sorry, no disrespect to Mike Tyson. I meant the one-match pay-per-view would be interested. I could give a fuck if Tyson's there <laughs> oh. or not. <laughs> I was thinking when you said that. I was like, really? Yeah, no. <laughs> I was processing what you said, and then you spoke about Tyson. I went, that's interesting. It's like, no, is it for? But <laughs> no, yeah, the, no, so no. the one-match no. pay-per-view would be, yeah. So it's yeah, obviously... I think I think they just, I think Tony Khan wants to see if it's something that can draw enough. Do you know what, kind of a bit like a, Suppose like a, a boxing exhibition match or something along line, those lines. So mm. like can maybe have maybe they'll add an add an undercard to it. Like there'll be a couple of matches, like throwaway matches underneath. But because the blood and guts thing was always going to be one match before the pandemic, the blood and guts was the young bucks, Omega and Page versus the Dark Order. All the all the inner circle, I can't remember, and then it all got scrapped because of uh, the pandemic, so they brought okay. it back and obviously just changed the angle. And when is this due? When is this due for? Is this this is the end of May, I think. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So I think that they had like a they've because they've agreed they had a ceasefire between the pinnacle and the 
the inner circle because they were attacking each other and then sneak and doing X, Y, and Z. And, it, you know, so it, it's always a steady show, AEW. There's always enough going on. There's been a few divides between some store, some uh, stables. QT Marshall left the Natural Nightmares and started the Legendary, which he signed the British Bronze Medal Olympic boxer, Daniel Gogo. Awesome. That's another stable called, what's it called? The Legendary. That's the name of the stable. Something <laughs> like that, yeah. I could be wrong. Again, if we've, got, we've got the socials, so... By all means, if I am pile in. <laughs> so how's uh, how's our boy getting on there? How's how's the British box doing in the ring? Does he look all right? Um. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's one of them where I don't know if it will how long it'll last. Is he not really wrestling much? Is he very much? No, uh, no, no, no. He's very yeah, yeah. He he's he's it. wrestling more than Sting, but. <laughs> <laughs> Just single die of yours in that. Okay. You mentioned earlier as well that uh, obviously Omega was due for the Blood and Guts match and, and he was obviously heavily involved last night in TNA's pay-per-view against Rich Swan in the unification match. Yeah. Talk to us. How many belts does that man hold now? Yeah, we were talking about it earlier, weren't we? Um, so this was a title-for-title title match. Uh, winner walked out both Impact and AEW World Heavyweight Champion. I think going into it, we couldn't understand a business sense as to why you would need one person to hold both mm. if it's just a working relationship. So I think what did we discuss? DQ, uh, no contest, double count out, sort of, sort of stuff. But we were wrong. We were wrong and Kenny Omega took the win. So he's got three belts. Well, two of them are the same, effectively. He's got four, but well, I mean, if you want to go down that road, he's the AAA champion, the the Mexican yeah. promotion champion. So yeah, the, there was a couple of weeks ago where um, the self-proclaimed TNA heavyweight champion, Moose, he brought that back. Obviously, Impact is formerly TNA. And then they had a unification, Rich Swan and Moose, where in which Rich Swan won both. So he carried both. I didn't think he was going to continue to carry both. I think he would have just chuck like, that TNA one in the bin. Yeah, um, when Jericho had both and then eventually they merged it into the undisputed title. Didn't they? So he's a tri- triple champion with four belts. Essentially, yeah. But maybe that's the direction that AEW is going in because their tag team champions who retained last night, the, the Good Brothers got their rematch against Finn Juice and Finn Juice retained. Technically, they're New Japan mm. contracts. They're yeah, they're not they're, they're not Impact wrestlers. I just want to go back to Omega. I've only seen about maybe fifteen matches of his in my life. I probably get fucking pelters for this, but I don't <laughs> see it with him. I'm not Jay. You, you're pulling a face like you maybe agree with me, or you might think I'm a complete idiot. I think he's very good. I've not I've not watched a lot of his stuff, but I'm, I'm, I'm his match with Jericho. I really enjoy. I'm not saying that he's not a good wrestler. I've obviously seen him wrestle in good matches. Uh, there's just something about him. I don't know if it's his look or his... It's, I'm glad you said that, Webbo, because aesthetically, I hate him. I don't know what it is. I don't know I don't know if it's like... Oh, I feel like he's... There's so many... Maybe this shouldn't make the pod, but there are so many internet-based rumours that he's... He like he married because he's trying to cover up his sexuality and all that sorts of stuff. There's so much about that. It's, but oh really? Yeah, and there's but there's something about his. Don't get me wrong, like from the stuff I've read and the stuff I've seen, he's he's the best wrestler in the world. So he's, he's he's good. He's he's Bret Hart. Well, this is what everyone's saying. Everyone everyone has him up there as, as either number one or number two currently, and people talk about him in the same breath as like all of the all time greats. And he looks like the bad guy from like an eighties movie. Yeah, he look, he looks with a like perm, a and... karate kid or something. Like, well, that was kind of his gimmick in Japan, wasn't it? It was, it was like uh, they called him the cleaner. The cleaner, that's right. Like yeah, Arnie character. That's that's where the mop thing came from as well, wasn't it? Like when he when he had his rivalry with um, John Moxley. John Moxley came out with like a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire, and he came out with like a yeah. broom. 
like a yeah, a broom. Up. And he's wrestled like a child, hasn't he? He's wrestled a blow up doll, nine year old girl. Yeah, a really good match of it to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I just there's just a, maybe he's a bit too too much of an acquired taste for me. I I feel like you know when everyone's telling you that you you should like something. Yeah, it, it's strange to me that I don't. There's a, there's a lot of wrestlers who people go, oh, you should watch him. He's insane, and I do, and I get it. I instantly get it. With him, I've watched plenty of matches, and it's just it's just something about him that doesn't quite click for me. But I, I I don't know what it is either. I can't put my finger on it. So it's not even like I'm making a, a decent point. But there's um there's a, there's a rumor going around that Blood and Guts will, <clears throat> if they can, if they've got enough time to build it up, that they will add the Good Brothers, Young Bucks, and Omega because Young Bucks have kind of like they had that week where they they wouldn't too sweet him, would they? And they walked out of the ring because he wanted them to beat up. Was it Eddie Kingston or someone on those lines? And they wouldn't align with him. And then they have since. Would they be included as a triple threat then? So it'd be four. Yeah, four, there's four, talk. Four. There's talk if they can fit it into the storyline to include it because, like, it depends whether or not they want to go with this one. Like I said, this one match pay per view, and okay. and they've without officially saying it because I don't think they're allowed to. They've kind of they've, they've got the the Bullet Club back together. Uh, on the back of talking about Omega potentially being one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, I think we can proceed with our greatest wrestlers of all time, or certainly our four. So it's going to be the, the long-anticipated, long-overdue final of the Mount Rushmore that we're all building. Uh, just as a recap for anyone who hasn't listened, do go back and listen. We're available on Spotify and Acast. But in week one, Quinn, you went first, you picked Jericho. First mm-hmm. overall pick he was. Jay, you went with Ric Flair second, and I went with The Rock third. In week two, I started things off with Daniel Bryan. Jay, you went second again, and you went with Triple H. And Quinn, keeping it uh, fairly left field, but no doubt still an incredible wrestler, you went with Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in our last time round doing this, which is a few weeks back now, because uh, of everything that's been going on, Quinn, you went first. You picked the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. I went second with... Stone Cold, and Jay, you went with HBK, Shawn Michaels. So there's a hell of a trio built so far. I was looking at the numbers before just to see who's been where. I think, Quinn, you went first in week one, but you've not had a chance to since. So we'll come to you first, mate. Who is your fourth and final Mount Rushmore member? He's put his bear down. He's being serious. He's folding his arms as well. (laughs) I've had a fucking shit with this one, I'll be honest, because... I'm stuck between picking somebody that I know I love and adore who probably one of you will want or will pick or I stick to the kind of road I've gone down for the type of wrestlers I've picked. Um, All right, so down to last two and I know one of you will pick the other one of these two. So, so it's fine. So... Mine comes from a very one of my favorite tag teams of all time, and I am going with the rated R superstar Edge. Okay, Edge makes the final pick. Talk to us about Edge, then, mate. So you you mentioned about the tag team there. Is that is that your first uh, first memory? Of so it? yeah, so that like like guy's pioneer of tag team wrestling. You mean his partnership with Hulk Hogan? <laughs> because of his tag team partnership with Hulk Hogan. No, he is one of the fundamental teams that contributed to the first ever ladder match, then the the trilogy that we got that we spoke about with WrestleMania 17, the birth of the TLC, the concerto. You know, the guy has done incredible things from mid card titles to world title reigns he built smackdown to or he he was a staple of smackdown like he's what a lot of kids will remember smackdown as edge being the face of it um he's unfortunate injuries which led to his retirement and his his comeback and i i never thought i'd see a grown man cry over wrestling and i generally thought I could see Jamie shedding tears. Well, no, I didn't generally. I saw Jamie shedding tears when he came out of Royal Rumble. <laughs> it was like, no, like, I mean, I know we know that kayfabe is long and gone and returns are ruined yeah. all the time and re-signings are ruined all the time. 
I don't think you could anybody could have guessed that Edge was going to return at that Rumble. No, they smashed it, didn't they? It's, I... Yeah, insane. And ironically, when I say he's one half of one of my favourite tag teams ever, I don't even mean Christian. Right RKO are like one of my favourite tag teams. I know they were mm-hmm. so short-lived, but they had so much potential and they're like sort of like heel factor. And the fact that Edge was pushed as his major face and he begged and begged Vince to let him have a heel run. And it worked so well. He's stuffed with Vicky Guerrero and oh yeah. That let's not talk about the live sex show. But <laughs> the fact that they built an entire storyline over the fact that he was having an affair with his friend's girlfriend in real life. I and we haven't seen the last of him. We're gonna see him do amazing things over the next couple of years. So my fourth and final choice on my round much more is Adam Copeland's Edge. Excellent. Love it. Uh, Edge is a great shout. I do have him on my my list of people who should be on. Uh, so I'm glad that you've put him on. I am a bit like you as well. Uh, I don't know who your other guy was, so we'll save that for afterwards. But I'm in a bit of a position where I don't know whether to put somebody on who I think maybe deserves to be on, but isn't fully my cup of tea, or whether to just go with someone who I absolutely love and go that way. So... I've got a pretty strong trio at the minute. I've got The Rock, D, Brian Austin. So I am going to finish my Mount Rushmore this week with a guy who, when I moved to uni, was pretty big, got me really back into wrestling uh, in terms of just thinking it was legitimately cool again. Fantastic entrance, fantastic moveset, believable as fuck had one of my favourite matches with The Undertaker at WrestleMania going for CM Punk. Oh, okay. Great shout. Multitude of reasons, but uh, when he's in the ring and the gong goes off for Taker to come out, he does something that I don't really think I've seen anyone else do, and he starts like walking, come on, come on, and he's like banging the ring. Yeah, so he's like ready to beat him. Uh, and, he, and he could have been the one to do it if he had a better relationship with the company. You think about when he won the title against Cena and then bolted through the crowd, blew, blew Vince a kiss. That pop as well when he came out in Chicago. And gets up the top rope and he goes, what's my fucking name? And he doesn't cut away from it. It's so good, man. And the pipe bomb that he did on, on the stage was incredible. Uh, yeah, just he, he kind of like, he made you feel like he was doing like a, a real shoot a lot of the time. Was he one of the first people to like? Didn't he refer to Trips as Paul yeah. in the ring? Like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He called out like Johnny Laurinaitis for like firing people as well, just on live yeah. telly on Raw, and it, <laughs> it was great the what, what they did with him. I, I really like the Straight Edge Society as well. For that, had a lot of legs that didn't quite end up being what it was. Cult of personalities, tune. I think as well, Punk is probably one of the few wrestlers left uh, in the world who, and Edge is another one, like you just mentioned, Quinn, if they kept it hush-hush and he came back in front of a live crowd, the pop would be the biggest pop in wrestling. Since Austin. Since Austin, yeah, who who unfortunately now is is just not able to wrestle. And and if his music hits, it is a pop, but no one expects him to come back to fight. Well, if when when fans are back in full attendance, if his music hits, no, uh, the place would just absolutely blow the lid. So yeah, I'm going with uh, with CM Punk for my uh, my fourth and final pick, which interestingly leads us into yours, Jay. So you've got you've got some like real like statesmen of the game, haven't you, with Rick Flair, Triple H, and Sean. So it'd be interesting to see who you go for. Have you have you got it like nailed in, or are you like on the fence? Well, it's very strange. Someone who I had considered putting on the list is Seth Rollins, but because he's I think he's the modern day. Shawn Michaels, he's the, the great worker, but he's not my fourth. I was torn between three. Okay. I thought Quinn might choose Edge as his last. Edge was one of my three. Okay. One of the others of these three was CM Punk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you've made it very easy for me. Lovely. Well, um, I'm glad, glad we could help. So my fourth and final pick is another member of Evolution. And the other half of Mark's favourite tag team. He was going to be my pick if you hadn't picked. Yeah, yeah. well, I thought it might be something along those lines. So yeah, my fourth pick is Randy Orton. Yes, nice. well done, well deserved. Maybe not the, the best promo guy in the world. Maybe a bit robotic at times. But 
the best performer in terms of his facial expressions, knowing where the cameras are, just the little things he does. The best finisher since Sweet Jim Music, arguably better than. He's just so good. Out of nowhere. Just so good. He's, he's, Out of nowhere. His intensity, you know, and he came in so young as well, and he just he just took like a duck to water. That match with Mick Foley had that hardcore match really. Yeah. Oh. Fucking, that that thing from that point, that's when I was like, all right, this guy's actually fucking sick. And he he doesn't have a bad match. And he's still going now. And he's yeah, he might be a bit, a bit of a dick, but you can't you can't deny his talent. I think he's fair to say that. I think we may have even discussed this in the past, but I think it's obvious to everyone four years ago that it was Cena that was going to take, was going to top Ric Flair's title reigns. I don't know if that's the case anymore. I think it'll be Randy. I think at least Randy will get to the same level as them. I think he's only one shy of 16. I think they'll at least give him one more and have him tight. He might not, he might not make 17, but I think they'll give him 16. I think they'll happily sit him on stuff like that. Him and Cena have run parallel in terms of careers as well. Horton's yeah. still here. And I, I don't know if you guys listened. To, I think you both listened to him on the Austin podcast, him saying he wants to he wants to do this for another five, ten years if he can. Which yeah. I'm sure he can because he, you know, he's always kept himself in good shape. He's he doesn't get blown up or anything. He's had some bad injuries, but that was a big eye-opener for me, that that Austin thing. Because I I've i I like I like Orton. Like you say, he's a, he comes across as a little bit uh, boring and passive sometimes. That broken spool thing he did with Austin, like I just kind of came away from it, just thinking like, "Fucking hell!" Like, yeah, because you we hear guy. things about him being a bit of a of a dick, and he admits that when he was younger, all the bad things he did, and you know, he, he took it for granted. But obviously, yeah. having family now and whatnot, he's probably humbled him. He's matured and whatever. So, yeah, and 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 stuff like the issues he had with Kofi, yeah. The stories you hear about him, him being the man behind uh, Mr. Kennedy, yeah. losing his push and, and getting sacked ultimately. And, you know, like he has this pull and he's a locker room leader, as they say. But then he, on the flip side of that, like how much praise did he have for Christian in that interview? The stuff of his work, workings with Undertaker, being partners with Evolution. And like, yeah, that guy has come in and he has been... Huge props to Foley as well, won it? Um, from yeah, massively. Match. Like he's 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 not. Um, maybe he used to be, but he's certainly not not unaware of the fortune that he's had in the business, is he? And the people who have helped him along the way. So, yeah, man, uh, I didn't expect him to make it at all. Across even though it's twelve people in total across all three uh, wars, I did not think Randy would. But I think in the last few weeks, you can certainly make a case. So, no Undertaker, no John Cena. No Bret Hart, no Kurt Angle, and no Brock Lesnar. Some pretty big names missing. No Mick Foley. Speaking of Mick Foley, no Mick Foley. Yeah, no Foley as well. So probably some, very underrated and under the radar. But yeah, some huge people missing. But it's good to see how our brains work. We could do our Mount Rushmore of the wrestlers we hate the most in watching our in the time of watching wrestling. I love that. Let's do that next, Jay. That's fucking. That's the one. The Hall of Shame. All of shame. All of shame. <laughs> I reckon as well, though. I'm not going to say any names now, just in case we're all thinking them. But I reckon a hall of a hall of shame here will be actually filled with people that have had really successful careers. <laughs> like it's going to be like straight away, like all like that hall of shame is going to be like. It's probably going to be some hall of famers on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 My number one pick is uh, pretty obvious, brother. <laughs> oh no! I thought your number one pick would be the most recent Hall of Famer. <laughs> oh, do you know what? Yeah, that's not my show. <laughs> Who do I hate less, Bradshaw or Hogan? Fucking pieces of shit. Anyway, that's enough of that. And we've got another uh, another thing coming to an end now as well, boys. It's, it's basically this is our WrestleMania episode because all the feuds are coming to a finish. Oh. It is Desmond as we record. It is two two between Jamie and Quinn. On Professional Gessler, there is one round left. There are three wrestlers, as always. Mm-hmm. The winner is the Professional Gessler champion. And we move on to a brand new game next time. Yours is a, a fairly obvious buzzer this week, Jay. I just want you to scream out of nowhere for me, for your buzzer. So if you can just test that on three. One, two, three. Out of nowhere. Delightful. 
Can I just shout concerto? That's a great one, yeah. Concerto is very good. So just test your buzzer for me. One, two, three. Concerto! Lovely. You boys ready? Yeah. Now, I want to see them hands as well, because I can see Jay's hands, so I know that he's not cheating. And there's Quinn. Yeah, well, I know how much you want it. You're like Austin going into WrestleMania 17, Quinn. I'm like Eddie Guerrero. I'll cheat to win. (laughs) Okay, so the first wrestler in the deciding round of professional wrestling. I was born in Austin, Texas. I want to see some guesses as well, by the way, this round. My first name is the same as the current most expensive defender in the Premier League. Hi, guys. Stephen here doing the edit for this particular podcast. Just FYI, I fucked up royally on that last clue. So if you are playing along at home, it's actually going to be the first name of Liverpool's most expensive player ever, not the Premier League's. It's a quite important round of professional Gessler, and I've managed to screw up royally. So if you are playing along, please forgive me. Uh, The boys, however, do not. So with that said, back to the show. I retired from in-ring action in 2010, but did go on to work for NXT afterwards. I have held US titles, the world television title, and the world tag titles. Come on, boys. I'm one of seven men who is inducted into the WWE, the WCW, the Professional Wrestling, and the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. So only seven men are in all four of those, and he's one of them. Hard this one. I, I, all I'm all I'm thinking of is the defender, the British defender, football defender. So, and I can't think of whoever's name that is. Well, I know who that is, but I just can't. It doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> so, final clue. This will be a race to the buzzer. Two of my children and my daughter-in-law are currently working in AEW. Oh, um, uh, Concerto. Quinn. Come on. It's not Dusty Rhodes, is it? It is Dusty Rhodes, correct answer. Born in Austin, Texas. Uh, his name is oh, Virgil. Virgil. I was thinking oh. of Maguire. Harry Maguire? No? No, Virgil's more expensive than Harry. Was he? Yeah, I believe so. If not, then this is just going to throw the whole well, thing I was thing thinking Harry the whole time. I thought Harry was the most <laughs> expensive defender ever. Yeah. 85 mil, Harry Maguire, wasn't he? Fuck me, was he? Yeah. yeah, I swear Harry Maguire was the f- most expensive defender ever bought. Yeah. Oh dear, boys, we might have to fucking redo. No, no, we fucking don't. Come another wrestler. Okay, so wrestler two with the score at 1-0 with an asterisk <laughs> with a dusty finish. <laughs> I've wrestled for WWE, WCW, TNA, and ECW. In WCW, I became the eighth ever Triple Crown Champion. I was due to make my debut for WWE at the 1993 Royal Rumble as a surprise entrant and was even meant to win that match, leading to a title match at WrestleMania 9. Quinn looks like he might know, but he's... I feel like I've read it recently. I once faked a retirement on TV to turn heel. Oh, no. uh, Jay? Mark Henry. Incorrect. Of course it's not Mark Henry. In 2002... Oh, sorry, before I move on to the next clue, do you want to have a little stab in the dark, Quinn? Nothing to lose? Uh, Is it Roddy Piper? Incorrect. Okay. In 2002... I chose to join Eric Bischoff's Monday Night Raw instead of SmackDown because Stephanie McMahon had rejected my sexual advances towards her. Concerto. Is it Scott Steiner? In May 2008, I made the entire world aware of how good I am at maths. It is Scott Steiner. Fantastic (laughs) work. Come on! (laughs) Come on! (laughs) So, it's 2-0. Harry Van Dyke. 
We need to have a redo, don't we? I can't be having the the integrity of the clues go wrong. Right, okay. I, I've got I'll, I've got an alternative for you. Go ahead. Do number three. Yeah. Then if I get it, then if if I get it, then it doesn't matter. I win. Yeah. If Jamie gets it, you can think of one more for next week. I like that. If Jamie gets this one, what we'll do is we'll do a special round decider of what the new game's going to be going forward. All right. Cool. Yeah. Okay. But if I get this one, if I get this one, it's mine. If you yeah, if you if you whitewash, it's fine. But this is uh, this is the last one, so okay. <laughs> rooting for you, Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Florida in 1987. This is where Jay's brain starts melting. Out of nowhere. You having a go? I'm gonna go. Yeah, out of nowhere. I'm just gonna stab. Go on. Is it Biggie? Incorrect. Ooh. I love the boldness, though. You you do get a go now as well, Quinn, if you want. Next clue. Don't want to name a single Floridian. Okay. I am part of one of wrestling's most famous families. Clue number three. I was the runner-up in the third season of NXT. Concerto. Quinn. Bray Wyatt. Incorrect. Jay, would you like to have a stab? Mm, yes. Curtis Axel. Incorrect. I appeared in the Marine 5 Battleground, which I know you would have both watched multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Jay? Is it Naomi? In 2018, I won Most Underrated Superstar of the Year at the WWE End of Wait, Year Wait, are you going to tell me she's related to the most famous family because she's married to... Yeah, she's part of it. She's, oh, a, she's a relative, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and in February 2017, I won the SmackDown Women's title, becoming the first African-American woman to do so. It is Naomi. Touche. I didn't know there was a Marine 5. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Because I fucked up on the clues, apologies. Um, we're gonna we are technically at two one, but we're gonna call it one one. So the way that we're gonna do this, guys, is we're gonna introduce uh, just a very special one-off round for the game going forward. Uh, the game in question, uh, it's something that you're gonna get to look forward to over the coming episodes, is called Paper Who. Now you're gonna keep the same buzzers, and what I'm gonna do is I'm going to reveal, one at a time, a match from a particular pay-per-view. When you know which pay-per-view it is, you buzz in and you tell me. So I'll start with the more obscure ones and move towards the main event. So what we've got to do, name the year? Name the pay-per-view and the year. Pay-per-view and the year, okay. Fuck, that's hard, that. It is. So first we're going to go with Carlito. And Ric Flair defeating Chavo Guerrero and Gregory Helms. I wouldn't even know where to start with that. The Great Carly defeated Kane. Melina defeated Ashley. Mr. Kennedy defeated CM Punk, Edge, Finley, Jeff Hardy. Out of nowhere. Jay. WrestleMania 23. Jay, just, just for clarity, because WrestleManias have numbers next to them, I'm happy with that as your answer. Thank you. WrestleMania 23 is correct. 2007, was it? 2007, correct, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so some strange matches there. Um, Matt Hardy and Randy Orton were also in that Money in the Bank ladder match. That so tag just, match was a dark match, right? That Carly or Ric Flair, surely. That was it, was, it was a lumberjack match. Yeah, I think it was a dark match looking at it. Yeah, yeah fuck knows what was going on there. Uh, Benoit beat MVP. Taker beat Batista. The ECW Originals, RVD, oh, Sabu, yeah. Sandman and Dreamer defeated the New Breed. Elijah Burke, Kevin Thorne, Marcus Corvon <laughs> and Matt Stryker with Ariel. They've all done They've all done amazing things since. <laughs> I thought, yeah, does that say the New Breed or Retribution? <laughs> Bobby Lashley with Donald Trump defeated Umaga with Vince. Yeah. And the main event was John Cena versus Shawn Michaels 
which Cena won via submission. So, yeah, that's going to be the new game moving forward. Uh, the winner of Professional Gessler, albeit by some controversy, is going to be Jamie Cairns. Quinn, if you want to spit on my face and go to a different company, you are more than welcome to. I do feel like I've done you slightly dirty there. I'm going to turn up in a couple of weeks with a equal like the exact same title belt that Jamie's carrying. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to say, listen, <laughs> who's a real champ? And we're going to stand there staring each other into his eyes, just hold it, see you can hold the title higher. Right. Um, it's been another fun show, boys. It's been great to actually speak to both of you again. It's been a little while, but... Yeah, I think it's great that we're all back together. I love the new format again. I think there's just more to talk about. Let's get a bit more nostalgic and... Uh, as always, thank you for tuning in and you'll catch us on the socials and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Good to see you, boys. Yep, good to be back to my little haters. Um, and I'm glad I won Professional Gessler. <laughs> I feel so bad. <laughs> I feel so dirty for that. <laughs> right, we're out of here. See you later, guys. See you next time. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Fucked it.